Welcome to the Boy Park Art Podcast with Una McAteer and Zara Linus. Boy Park Art is our virtual meeting place named after the much changed public space beside the Belfast School of Art, where we used to meet and chat. We invite you to our virtual park to share in conversations about art and artists in Northern Ireland and beyond. So hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Boy Park Art Podcast. And today we've got Alison Matthews with us. Alison is a virtual assistant, so it's a bit different from people that we've been talking to up until now who've been more artists and art related. Alison, I thought, would be able to help us with getting organised. And we've talked before, Zara and I, about how artists all do different jobs and juggle different things within their art practice as well. So I think there'll be something, something here that will be useful for everyone. So hello and welcome, Alison. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me today. You're welcome. So do you want to start off by maybe introducing yourself and what you do? So I'm a virtual assistant. I own Virtually Administrative Solutions that I set up in May 2015. And the idea of the business is, well, virtual assistants, just to give a bit of a background on that, are self-employed people it's not there's a lot of females i wouldn't say that there's no males but there are it's predominantly female who help small businesses with different areas to help them streamline and to take away the admin or the marketing pain so you know you have virtual assistants who help with marketing some help with bookkeeping some help even with videos and video editing all that side of things and my speciality is i help business owners look at their business and try to streamline it and make it work more efficiently. And I, over the last five years, I suppose I've helped over, oh goodness, about 60 different, you know, 60 different industry types. But a lot of those people have very much been in some kind of creative industry. Would you have dealt then with the established artist who's maybe finding more work coming in, needs a bit of help? Uh, Would you also have had any contact with the likes of university leavers graduates who are just making their first steps into their creative career yeah i'd say it's more it's normally people who are a little bit more established because i think you get to the stage and you know whatever type of business you have you get to stage you start off you're wearing all the hats you know you're doing the marketing the admin and the bookkeeping but you also have that big part of the business that is you being creative and delivering something and at the start, you know, when you don't have that much business, yes, you can wear all the hats. And then it gets to the stage that you think, oh, my, like you're just absolutely swamped and you can't do everything. And I have done some research for artists in the past, actually, where they're looking. Um, it was more really market research, about research in places that they could sell their art into and making, you know, trying to find that sort of list of contacts, which takes up a lot of time. And who has the time to do that when you're actually trying to create, <laughs> you know, create and sell your art? Um, so it's more, I'd say, more really established people that I've been in contact with so far. So how do you think people would know when it's time to get some help? Oh, that's a very good question. I think it's like anything. Sometimes it actually, it nearly takes someone else to say to you, you know, there's an easier way to be doing things. You know, it's like if you put on lots of weight or you're drinking too much, it takes someone else to say to you, you know, <laughs> what are you out there? And I think when you're, sometimes you get, you're so in the business and you're so absolutely overwhelmed and you're working all the hours there is and you're so tired. I don't even think you have the reflex to reach out for help. And it takes maybe someone else to say to you, you know, that there are, there are virtual assistants out there or marketing, you know, digital marketers out there who could actually help you and take away a bit of that pain. How do you persuade somebody to let go? Joe, you know, I think that's actually the hardest thing. And 
even for me as a business owner, like I, I, I've discovered recently, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> I, and I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> and I think that is, it's the really, that is the really hard thing to actually let go. And I think with a lot of the people that I've worked with, actually they've contacted me to do a little task and they've heard about me through someone else in their own network. And they've given me a little thing to do. And then I think when they realize, okay, Alison can do this and I trust Alison and I trust Alison with my business, then they give you more and more and more. And I think that's the best way actually to work up, not to give a massive project over to someone at the start, but to see, can I work with this person and how much how much control can I relinquish? Yeah, so small steps. Small steps, yeah, small steps. There's a lot of similarities, isn't there? Well, because I wouldn't have thought it about you in your business, you know, that control thing. But I know in the in the art side of things, the thought of getting somebody to help you is just like, you would start thinking, then I'm not an artist if someone else is helping or doing it. But if you look at more established people that having that bit of help in the background, you probably don't even see that happening. Yes. People probably aren't going to even know that someone else is like finding out where all you're going to be stocked or. Yeah, yeah totally. Could you give an example then of how somebody would approach you to give you something small or is that just throwing something a bit too broad at you? You So say, for example, I'm working away, I'm doing stuff. I think I'm managing. I haven't dropped any of my balls yet. But what would be the first couple of things that I, that you would encourage somebody to give into your care? When I think of what happened during lockdown, you know, I a lot of people contacted me who had really no online kind of presence at all, who were doing things very, very much face to face. And there was a couple of people, for example, who, who were doing face-to-face things, who even had no services listed on their Facebook book, on their page. And I helped, there was one lady in particular that I helped, and I helped her, like, word together what her packages were going to be for her services on Facebook. And we put those on, and we updated her LinkedIn profile, and we set up MailChimp for her, for her email marketing because actually she had she had only started really earlier this year and she had had quite a lot of clients but none of those clients were any kind of mailing list and so I helped her gather together those contacts and then we emailed them out to say you know here's my you know I have a I have a you know you can sign up to my monthly newsletter and do you want to sign up and I think once she start once you start getting a process in place as well that you know you're working everything's a bit more integrated that it it frees you up a lot of time you know, and then you have more time to be creating your art or, you know, to make, you know, reaching out to potential new galleries or customers as well. And about the mail out and the likes of the newsletters and updates and stuff, there's an awful lot of time can be wasted in generating copy for that. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, I have a lot of clients, actually, I work uh, quite closely with Ashley Watson from Copper Square Communications. And we have quite a few clients where I would do more sort of the admin and streamlining parts of things and she would do the the marketing because she is she is a, a digital marketer by profession she is a, you know a marketing strategist by profession and I think and um, even for myself I understand that's where the sort of thing that st- is stopping me because it takes me so long to write newsletter content and even to find an image and I'm not I wouldn't consider myself artistic and I find even to go into something like Canva and to choose an image I find that really really hard and you know I think if you have that that big chunk of work that you can give over to someone and they actually say okay here's some content for your for your your monthly newsletter but I can also take parts of this content and schedule that out over all your social media for a month like you think of the time that would save you and then the fact that you have a sort of permanent marketing presence there you know 
even when you're absolutely, when you have no energy to do something like that, or you're actually in the middle of creating something, and that is, you know, the last sort of thing in your mind about, you know, how you're going to sell it or promote it down the way. Yeah. I think as well, if something doesn't come naturally to you, like for me, making posts for social media does not come natural at all. Yeah. Because I'd rather just not do it, but I know that it's a necessary thing to be, have some sort of presence there. Yeah. You start overthinking things and spending far too much time. You know, the amount of time you would have spent doing one simple post, and sure, it's just one post, it doesn't mean anything if you haven't got yeah. another one to follow after. Yes. Just, just wasted so much time. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that, that, that we can all forget very easily. You have to have the strategy. There actually has to be an overarching strategy behind your business that you think, okay, this is what I'm going to launch. This is what I'm going to launch three months down the line. These are the services I'm going to have. And that all of your social media is around that, that you're just not posting here and posting there some other day without really thinking, okay, what is the overall aim of my business? But of course, when you're so stuck in the business, it's very, it's very hard to see that. Yeah. It's very hard to give yourself yourself the time to see that. I think having a strategy is a good idea, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's something that I always think about. Like I would think of it in other work that I do and I know how important it is, but it's funny when it comes to art practice, I don't really have a strategy. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like scrabbling, get this done, get to the next deadline, get, you know, you don't really see it as the something important, but it probably should be yes. important to have a strategy and know why you're posting or why you're doing things. That might yeah, be. yeah. There's a difference between scheduling things and having a strategy. I could schedule myself brilliantly and say I'm going to do like some of the stuff I tell myself I'm going to do is amazing, but when I actually come down to sitting down and and doing it and the realities of it, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's it's not really what my strong point at all. So I'd rather just hand something over if I could in an ideal world, you know. Yeah, and you know, I think part of why being your like being your own boss and having your own business and being an artist as well. Is that, you know, in school, you know, we are in school and in university and you're doing your courses and everywhere else and it's so rigid and it's so, you have to, the deadline, you have this, you have that. And then when you leave, and I remember that even because I was employed, like I was an employee for 15 years before I became self-employed. And then suddenly you really have to structure yourself. And that's okay for someone like me because I was very structured and organized and that's why I'm doing the job I'm doing. But I realized for a lot of the people, it's really, really hard. It's really hard to actually go, okay, I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know, I'm going to send out my invoices at the end of the month so I can get paid. And, you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big mind shift as well about how you're, how you're working. Yeah. And to actually see it as a, as a job as well. Yeah. I, um, something I struggled with is being self-employed. Your family think, oh, you're at home. You can just do anything. I'm sure, Zara, you had recent experience of having to go and help with a mobile phone with technology upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> you get dragged into these situations and you think the whole work day is just gone out the window or you know I could have had some studio time but you can't you feel guilty saying that till somebody's saying in this situation whenever you have parents that are a little bit older and need a bit of help I couldn't actually work unless I had gone down to get that sorted and thinking again about artists and admin a lot of people that go into the art would have difficulty with the administrative side of things because you would find quite a lot of them would have uh, leanings towards dyslexia. They're they're working away at the creative, and then whenever it comes to the admin, and especially like some uh, funding applications that are nearly all done online now, yes. it just makes life so difficult yes. for them. And even, I would say, to deal with somebody like you, yeah. that would probably be difficult for them as well, yeah. because yeah. it is all virtual. Yes. The and last you know- thing they want to do is sit at a laptop. 
yeah and you know I've had clients before I had I had a client who was very dyslexic and she didn't tell me at the start and she she was working it was a, a very big project she was working on and whenever we used to meet she always wanted to meet face to face and she wanted to do things you know that you were sharing the screen and all the rest and then it was only very later that she told me she was dyslexic and she found it so like she didn't like to write emails she didn't like to write text she wanted to talk to you and I think you know as long as people as long as you sort of are clear on that at the start with people there are, there are lots of ways around that and I think like even the tools now that you see that Microsoft and Google have like I, I was doing creating a presentation in Google Slides the day and I noticed that they had a new function where you could speak to the slide and get it to move things wrong and you know the technology that is there now and you know like my, I have Microsoft Word I have an Office 365 package and so with Microsoft Office you can dictate um, you can dictate text you know to a Word document the same way you can do it in an email now as well and then actually I think for a lot of people that takes a lot away a lot of stress because it will flash up things you know, flash up a lot of what isn't right um, and sort of take that and take that additional stress away. But I, I do understand that it's hard. It's hard for anybody to to know what documents and things to share and even, you know, to set up the sharing permissions so that they maybe have to, you know, if they're sharing some kind of thing with me that they give me, you know, that they, they add me on as an admin and, and settings in the background. Like all of that, it's not, it's a process. It is a process. And like I would make a lot of little sort of um, tutorial videos with a tool called Loom. And then so people can see a little video and then they can see what to do. So the, the technology that we have now, it's it's phenomenal really when you think about it. So Sarah, just thinking of, um, we're coming into 2021 now and when the time this podcast goes out, it'll probably be the last one of the year, I think. So what advice would you give to artists, self-employed people to help them get off to a good start in 2021? Or like, what would be the best advice that you could give from an organised side of you? Well, I think the best advice is like, actually to get organised. <laughs> actually to get organised. And, you know, and that's really sitting down. Um, it's really sitting down and looking, okay, what is it? You know, obviously you're creating the art or whatever it is that you have that process. And that's a massive thing. And obviously that is your bread and butter. And, you know, that is the thing that you should be concentrating the most time on. But it's also good to actually sit and look down and go, okay, am I really struggling with sending out invoices? Am I really struggling with having some kind of social media presence? Do 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 I have an online accounting system? Do I have a mail marketing system? You know, and to actually look at the systems that you have. And if you don't have anything in place, this is where people like myself come along and, and, and sort of help you to look at all those areas and to try to get organized. And the thing that I find the most with people, it's actually the sort of the very simple things. It's about having, you know, like I have an Office 365, as I said. So to have an Outlook email and to have your OneDrive so you have your cloud and the calendar so you have your mail your calendar and a shit you know a, a, a folder in the cloud where you're saving anything and that's synced to your phone and your laptop your mac whatever it happens to be and to me that's the biggest stumble block for a lot of people because sometimes people have an email and there's no calendar attached to it and then they've got another calendar and appointments are going into that and they can't see it in this one and they're missing things or they don't have any kind of either they have no kind of cloud system or they actually have no system about how to file things within that, which is obviously another thing as well, because you can have it, you know, you can have a folder, but if you just dumped everything in there, I'm not given any kind of consideration to, you know, here's my marketing stuff, here's my stuff for the HMRC, like there has to be, there has to be a bit of logic in that. So first things first, get organised. 
get organized <laughs> and if you're stuck with getting organized reach out like reach out for help you know there's that that's why we're all here isn't it yeah that's it and that's why we're doing the podcast as well we're yeah. hoping to help people so. mm-hmm. and then this year you're running a course as well so did you want to tell anybody about that Yes, yes. So I'm going to, in January, on the start, it starts on the 5th of January, it's called Jumpstart Your Efficiency. And we're going, it's four sessions, and I actually broke them up instead of doing them all in one week, that we're going to have a Zoom call Tuesday the 5th and that Thursday, and then the Tuesday and the Thursday of the following week, just for about an hour and a half each time, so it's a bit more digestible for people. And we're going to be looking at things like your online sort of organisation time management about tools that can help you save your time and having that sort of mindset of of being organized because I think you can fall into that trap as well that you go oh I'm not organized I'm not organized and almost as an excuse sometimes not to do things and it's about getting outside your comfort comfort zone a little bit as well so jumpstart your efficiency it starts on the 5th of January and it I still I'm selling the tickets via Eventbrite um, until I update my website, someone's helped me build a new one at the moment, so I can sell it via that next year uh, after January. Um, and yes, I can put the link. I'll share the link with you as well. Okay, perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, the past year has been very difficult for people in the hospitality and the creative sector, and their income has been significantly reduced. So could you give a sort of a ballpark rating that's maybe not appropriate for the podcast of the sort of costs involved for that for that sort of assistance? Or virtual assistance generally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually that there is a very good society called the Society of Virtual Assistance in Scotland who were based who created a sort of support group years ago. And they do a survey every year with what virtual assistance in the UK are kind of charging. And you find mostly that the sort of the base race, the base sort of rate would be sort of 25 pounds upwards an hour if you're a virtual assistant based in the UK. And they base that, you know, well, obviously, if you are an artist or anybody else who's reaching out for help, you can always negotiate with the virtual assistant about how many hours you need. You could even set it up. You know, someone might know, OK, I, I need you for 20 hours. And that you can, you know, negotiate a discounted rate for that. A lot of virtual assistants actually charge, would charge like a retainer package after a while. So they maybe say, okay, it's going to be three hours. Uh, you know, once you sort of understand what the work is, that they sort of go, okay, maybe it's going to be three hours a month. And then you can budget for that as well. And I think the thing is as well that sometimes people, they have an idea in their head, okay, I, I need someone for 20 hours a month but they don't realize that when you hire a virtual assistant it's someone who's only at least 10 years very varied office experience and it might take a virtual assistant an hour or two to do something that has been taking you 10 hours and that's the thing to keep in mind as well that you know th- there's always room for negotiation there's always room for negotiation and I think this year as well you know yes a lot of us haven't had as much income but at the same time we haven't as many outgoings you know like I counted up when I was doing my self-assessment return the day, I was looking at my petrol costs. Oh my goodness, like I've spent <laughs> maybe a tenth of what I did last year. Yeah, mine's mine's the same. Even and I'm parking. Go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for coming on and, and talking to us, Alison. It was very interesting. And we'll put your link in the notes as well if anybody wants to get in touch with you to find your website or event right either. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for
has that chat given you some motivation to get yourself organised for 2021? And can you muddle your way through what has happened in 2020 in order to get organised for 2021? Well, I think 2020 has been good training, hasn't it, for 2021 possibly? You know, we're starting off in lockdown already. This time last year, we didn't even know what lockdown was. That's true. You know, it's been a very unusual year. Yeah, very topsy-turvy. But I think it, it's been, out of all people who have, everybody's obviously gone through it, but I think artists maybe have a head start or a step ahead of other people, you know, because we like problem solving and working our way around things. We can be creative, get solutions, you know, that other people might not think of. I'm looking at the positives. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it does help develop different ways of doing things, but it has been, it's been very tight all around for so many people. Oh, it has, yeah. But on the upside, like the likes of us working through the university course, you know, the, the work that the staff have put in to allow in the course to continue has been astounding. And the fact that we, as a category one, have been able to access the college on occasions, that for me, it's been very few and far between. But to get through that first semester with so many people coming in and out of the building and to have no occurrences of the virus has been fantastic. One of the things that I find quite difficult though this year is getting to know the first years because next semester I'll be more involved with them in some of the modules so you know they have had more experience of each other and I'll be coming in like the new girl. There are a few people that I do know who have come through the BA yeah. so it's not that I, I know nobody but it's still going to be quite unusual knowing that they, these are my next crew of people that I'll be working with and then the following year, you know, term time 2021-22, so there'll be a whole new learning curve, getting to know what other people are doing, what makes them tick, what sort of work that they're going to do. Yeah. Oh, it should be interesting though. Always interesting for somebody who's nosy. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just a bit frustrating that you can't like just crash their Zoom calls now and find out what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and even to go around and visit in the studio because people haven't been in the college. You know, whenever the, the few occasions that I have been in, I have masked up and worked my way around a couple of different studio spaces where it has been safe to do so and said hello and looked at people's work and got an idea of what they're doing but um I literally you know two three people so it, it is it's going to be difficult getting to know the, the whole rest of the class uh, especially with the online virtual learning environment where it's unlike zoom where you can see everybody it's yeah. slightly different where you can only see maybe three or four people at a time if they have their cameras on. So it's even harder to put faces to names and to familiarise yourself. Yeah, and it doesn't always work the best. Like I would have quite good internet and it works well with Zoom, but whenever I go on to that, if I send a message, it completely crashes me out of it. So people are waiting for me to respond. I'm like, I can respond, but then that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Leave the room for 10 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> have to like pick do i want to ignore this or say something yeah so all in all with all the various ups and downs we've had and interferences that are completely beyond our control how do you feel your artwork has developed if it has over the course of the year has the, the restrictions you know have they made any difference to how you've worked and what you've been doing or have you navigated around that with the things you were interested in anyway? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I would like to have, at this stage, be at, in a position where I'd know what it was that I was going to do or what it was I was going to be known for doing. 
or something but you know maybe I'm just being really consistent that I'm in no further on if not backward in steps you know about thinking exactly what it is that I do who knows like what am I doing <laughs> I think it's with the pressure of the shows coming up you just feel like you should have something f- sit and finished and well I put it like this I see other artists and if you hear they're going to have a show you sort of have an idea what they're even going to show because you know what they do they're painting or it's this sculpture or but with me it's I know I'm going to be part of some shows in the, in the very near future which is great for my CV but at this stage I'm honestly I, I don't know if I can see myself having anything to actually put into them. But if you think about it you you came through a photography degree. Your degree show wasn't just photography there were other materials involved in it. Then without taking a break you were straight into the masters and the, there were so many doors opened to other ways of making and ways of thinking and realistically having had the lockdown situation and not having the access to being together and talking things through you know because that, that's one of the ways that we would learn yeah is being around other people and having those conversations you know we're very lucky that we're having conversations on the podcast with a variety of different artists you know so we're getting fed through that but not having that contact within the learning environment kind of puts you a wee bit more in the back foot compared to maybe other years so you know that there is a there's a bit of a loss there there's a gap in perhaps how far on we would feel compared to other years maybe i don't know well it's been said before that i can make turn any situation around to have been my fault you know so i'll take the blame for it no matter what goes wrong so maybe i'm just not even going to accept that 2020 outside your control or circumstances outside your control yeah and I'm still just going to beat myself up for not being, having work completely finished and resolved and ready to just stick a sticker on it and send it off. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? You know, you can yeah. get where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, there's definitely, there's a chunk of, uh, of learning, communication and time that has been taken away from us. So it's very difficult to work in a vacuum. And there have been quite a few vacuums, you know, vacuum periods over the past few months that and because it is unusual you know it's a set of circumstances that none of us have been in before and to carry on thinking normally and creatively in the flow that we would like to think we would have you know it's been disruptive it has been and sometimes it's even been disruptive in even in a positive way like my side hustle tiny little business that wasn't going to take up too much time turned out to just grow beyond my control and take up far too much of my time and then I was trying to juggle that and juggle keeping the house and juggle doing art and keeping up with everybody and doing this podcast and everything so I think I let myself take on too much and that's why I like listening to Alison too because she reminds me when I follow her and that sometimes to to be organized and not take on more than what you can actually physically do and actually schedule time for time off and just be be have a tidy place and be prepared with my background i'm quite good at the scheduling my time because i used to have to schedule other people's time so that for me isn't an issue i would be more uh, mentally disrupted so the likes of research and studying i I find a bit more difficult this year and gathering my thoughts and you know the that blank page has become a big obstacle for me over the past few months to the point now where i've got some gray paper 
so that I'm not looking at a blank white page thinking a different colour of paper may give me that start on yeah. doing something. That's a good idea. And we have been invited to take part in an exhibition potentially in Queen Street QSS Studios later on in 2021. So I sat down the other day to try and pull together an artist statement. That was interesting. <laughs> I nearly had to go back to basics and think, you know, why? Why am I making anything? What, what am I doing? What's the point? What am I thinking about? What am I trying to say? Am I trying to say anything? So three hours later, and I was able to pull together a couple of paragraphs about this is the general essence of what I'm doing. And it was very much a conversational statement rather than an academic one. But I think where I am at the minute, that's perfectly all right, because heading down the academic route is just such a chore at the moment yeah well it's a, it's a good thing to write about your work sometimes isn't it because it does help even though i'm saying i don't know and i know i'm panicking and i think i don't know what i'm doing and everything when i when it came to actually writing a bit about what i'm going to do that bit seemed to come easier than the actual doing the work bit so at least <laughs> i'm not sure if that's how it's supposed to be but some part of me knows what i'm going to do and i know what i'm trying to do so i guess at least that's there oh you've got a plan I've got a plan. I just, it's just getting there. I suppose that's getting over that white page thing as well. And it's been really good to get in there over Christmas period and tidy up and be ready to start fresh, I think, for the new year. Gosh, you're in the opposite situation to me. Uh, because of some building issues, I have had to clear my studio out over the past couple of weeks. So Christmas shopping, although I didn't particularly want to be in the shops in all fairness anyway but moving stuff out of the studio became a much higher priority than going out and getting christmas presents and i'm just so glad again being a bit ocd and organized i had quite a lot of my materials and pieces boxed and in containers anyway just so if i needed something in the studio i could go bring it over to a table without having to run and get loads and loads of different bits and pieces so i was able to clear out the bulk of the um, materials and furniture and whatnot but it has left me in a situation now where there's a lot of carting about the difficulty or the the difference between where i was working and where i will be working for the time being is four flights of stairs yikes <laughs> four flights of stairs four <gasps> flights of stairs yeah and i'm not very big I, it'll be one bag of clay at a time i'm afraid I'm not getting any younger either for doing all the the climbing up and down but uh, at least I, I do have somewhere to sort of move into to start working again so i have had uh, i'm basically back into the original lockdown situation of being in the kitchen at the moment mm -hmm. and doing a bit of reading a bit of drawing and trying to motivate myself to find images and motifs and things that i want to work on but it has definitely sort of thrown me in the back foot and because the clear out happened so quickly, you know, when you think about moving, you think that you'll sort things out and you'll dump a lot of things as you're doing the move. That just wasn't on the cards for this. So yeah, everything, yeah. if I wanted to put something in the bin at that exact moment in time, it went into a new box and got carted for storage. So I'm going to have an amazing amount of sorting to do. And what's your new space like in comparison to your space that you had size-wise and facilities? And uh, I don't have access to running water immediately. So that's going to be difficult. The, the light is better. There's definitely going to be more energy used getting up and down the stairs to it. You're going to be very... <laughs> So maybe be more conscious about what I actually need to take up to it. Mm. So I might 
be restricting myself with you know equipment materials and whatnot so i have no idea how what impact it's going to have on my practice over the next couple of months but at least i had somewhere to put stuff likely surprise myself whenever i start opening boxes again and get a fresh look at whatever it is that i have made in new surroundings so yeah, we never know Better lighting. yeah you never know happen out of that oh it'll be interesting to see but it makes it difficult to sort of plan what yeah. i'm gonna do over the next course of months because yeah. i would have been able to do a lot more mold making and casting working with plaster in the old studio space and it didn't matter if i made a mess but i need to be a wee bit more considerate for the the temporary space yeah i think any sort of moving is an upheaval as well on top of everything mm. it's just stress you've no time for thinking or you no space for thinking about anything else just get the move done and then obviously you're going to be physically tired <laughs> but there is something really nice about moving your stuff out into a new space and i think you'll once you get to that stage it'll probably be really nice well time will tell and you never know might give you some new ideas that would not be a bad thing at least you know what you're going to be doing early 2021 then getting settled in and working yeah. to work, work for this show what would your do you have any predictions for your work for 2021 it will be small small okay you're going to go small. which really isn't that much of a change from what we've been doing anyway continue on the same path and maybe push myself out of my comfort zone a bit more i've been doing slightly more drawing being based at the kitchen table again maybe get over that obstacle of color on paper as Haley was saying about not being a painter i think i always try to draw with paint and that's not what paint is for so i maybe try to not draw with paint and see if i can get somewhere with that it's always good to try new things isn't it it always is yeah but it'll probably still be based around the objects that i make because that's quite intrinsic to my practice is the sitting down playing with materials and making things and then seeing what evolves from those things you know there might be an idea behind it in my head but it's not necessarily that i'm trying to tell that particular story or how people understand that from what i'm doing yeah it'll be interesting to see looking forward to seeing your work during the year what are your predictions for what you're going to do isn't it funny like i can see where you're going with your work more than myself and um, early in the year i'm going to be working towards having work for the shows and hopefully everything and you're not telling me anything about what that work is going to be you're just saying oh, the word work lots of times yeah but you know what it's because i kind of can't even think what exactly the work is that i'm doing so well i do i know what i'm doing okay at the minute i'm i know we've talked before on here and even joked about writing a book but it does appear to be that i'm going to attempt writing some sort of fiction whether it's even just the prologue or a quick story or a first chapter or something but that's in the making great at the minute. it's but good it's, to hear you say the words out loud it's terrifying terrifying like i can write about me gonna write but actually and i can write but the thought of showing somebody seems even more scary than any is, other mess that i've shown anybody is it more difficult then to offer people up your words than offer people up your artwork and object yes because i think when you show an object or even painting or something it's much more abstract and people take what they want out of it or they don't understand it and whatever that's fine but when it's your words you feel like you're under so much more judgment as well for even what words you use or is it it's just cringy i don't know zara i don't know if i can do it and part of me part of me thinks this is going to be 
either make or break. It'll either make me drop out completely and not finish uni, or it'll be where I need to be, and or it'll be what I need to do to get to the next step. Well, if you can hold on to it being what you need to do to get to the next step, then it's not the be all and end all. It's just another part of the process, which might make it a wee bit more comfortable for you to work through it. Maybe. And stop thinking about other people. Whenever you're making and playing in the studio, is it front and centre of your head, somebody's going to see this? Or are you just experimenting and making in the studio? Yeah, see, I totally selfishly just experimenting, material research and just playing, and it's all for myself. But when it comes to writing, for some reason, all I can think about is what somebody, somebody's going to read it. But if you... God love them, haven't I? <laughs> If you if you think back to the reflective writing seminars that we did with Duncan, mm-hmm. the suggestion there was that you are writing, but it's not writing that you're going to share with anybody. So you could employ that tactic and write and then go back to it and lift out other pieces that, you know, to put into something that you might show people. So right away for your own benefit yeah and then revisit it and just lift out the stuff that you find cool and interesting to put it into something that you can share with people because basically what you're doing with your material research as well it's just word research and you're just using up lots of words yeah it's all very simple whenever i'm telling you what to do (laughs) (laughs) it all sounds very good i'll have to listen back to this oh (laughs) it's like me trying to sort out you know what is it i'm going to draw yeah that's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So luckily I've been able to do some doodles that I've no intention of showing anybody, but they might be the baseline to start doing something else from. Yeah. Or it'll be interesting to see. So that's, well, that's my prediction for 2021 is I'm going to be working on that and transitioning out of uni, whether it's finishing the master's or dropping out because I can't do this or what, I don't know, but you'll not be dropping out we'll not allow you to drop out there's too much support there i can't be the only one has these thoughts so that i'm not going to make it through no i would say with all the outside interference that has happened over the past year you know there's going to be a lot of people who are concerned but you work your way through it it's just a course it's not going to make or break your life it is it and it's only it is just a course that's it so yes so one thing that we did just before christmas katrina Tarkuma, I think is her surname. She's in our group in the MFA as well and has decided to very kindly put together some artist videos for us and um, they're available on YouTube. I suppose we should put the link in as well but I don't really want anybody watching mine. I'll put the links to everybody else's in. Um, So she recorded an interview with us over the phone and then I sent her in some footage and let her edit it together and you know just sort of hand it everything over to her because I would have overthought it and just not done it and it, she managed to do it and get it out there and they didn't die <laughs> it's good that's the first step the next step will be talking live till recordings or something maybe in the future like, like you're doing now it's okay with us so this is completely different though but that's something that has to work on and something that has to look out for what are you looking forward to this year this year I'm really looking forward to I'm probably being over optimistic but at some stage going, oh, that's what I do. <laughs> and when, if someone asks me what I do, I'm able to just tell them and it would be great. That's all I want. Trying to think, what am I looking forward to this year? I'm looking forward to starting another module in the course, maybe getting to know a few more people and interacting with a few more people. Very much missing working in the gallery this year. So I really, really hope 
that over the coming months, whatever vaccines come out, will allow programming galleries to start happening again, to get out and meet people and see artwork and chat to folk. Because I do spend quite a lot of time on my own in the studio, again, with the part-timeness, the whole of the MFA, I've been working away from everybody. So those opportunities to get together and have conversations are really, really special. And I even find within the gallery, having people coming in and talking about other people's artwork, you know, whatever happens to be on in the gallery, I find that really enriching and I have some great conversations with some of the visitors. Well, we can hope. It would be nice to get and see some art in real life. Yeah. So this will be our last broadcast of 2020. Of 2020. Mm-hmm. I would like to wish you a very happy and healthy and productive new year. And same for you, Zara, and for everybody listening. And fingers crossed, everybody keeps staying creative, keeps their heads together and muddles on through this. And see everybody in 2021. Thank you.